all right, all right. <laughs> all right, everybody, you're listening to Dames Not Damsels. Dames Not Damsels. My name is Bree. <laughs> and I'm Laura. And we're going to talk about some personality tests today. Um, mainly, we're going to focus on the Myers-Briggs personality test, but then we're also going to go into the DISC test and how these correlate to book characters and mainly the Harry Potter houses. Yeah, we kind of nerd out a little bit on these personality tests. At least I do. I think they're so, so interesting that people could fall into different categories. And I wonder, too, like how how true they are, if everyone feels like they actually fall into that category. Or if once you kind of learn what your personality is, do you start to behave in that way? Is is it like like a self-fulfilling prophecy? (laughs) Um, let us know if you're just as crazy into personality tests as us that's what she's getting at here (laughs) right it's it's bananas um but what is the biggest personality test out there and i think that's those hogwarts houses i mean if anything that's the biggest tell especially for us nerds oh yeah in the nerddom we've (laughs) got lots of our harry potter fans um I at work actually got while i was looking up a bunch of this personality stuff um i got Three other employees to take the Harry Potter house test on Pottermore. <laughs> Found a Gryffindor and a Hufflepuff. Nice. Were they pleased? Um, they didn't know what they were looking at, but yes, they were they were pleased. <laughs> one of them had never read Harry Potter. The other one briefly watched the movies and he got sorted into Gryffindor and he was like, That's kinda cool, I guess. <laughs> but no, and then we all all decided to take our Myers Briggs test and our disc test and Awesome. Found out some more about each other. Well, I think the biggest thing you found out is that they don't read Harry Potter, which is a big problem. (laughs) Fact. That is a big problem. Okay, so we are going to start off with Laura going over what her Myers-Briggs test results were, what her letters were, and then she'll kind of touch on her DISC test results. So I am a ENFP, which is the champion, um, and that's kind of... Some of the main points about the ENFP is that we're outgoing, disorganized, spontaneous, (laughs) irresponsible, and energetic. Um, Those are some harsh things, but I'm not going to argue with you on on many of them. (laughs) Um, We kind of thrive on on new things, new people, and new ideas. And I think that's, that's true for me. I'm most excited when I'm learning something new or discovering something or just trying something I've never tried before. So so yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. Nice. So my disc test, I don't fully understand. It's a little bit confusing, but for my disc test, um I got mostly influence. Um and then So you're an I. I'm an I. That one's your primary. So you're you're an I, which means that that's like the what was it again? The in influence. Influence, yeah. So that's that's yours. That's the primary one. Um, well, okay. So so knowing what you know about me, do you think that those kind of align with my personality? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Outgoing is definitely the primary that that I took from that. Absolutely, I definitely think that I think that that agrees with you. Um, what was it? It was the champion. It's the champion, and on other tests I've taken, it's been called the campaigner. Um, which I think is interesting just because my disc test says influence. Naturally, a campaigner has a lot of influence. <laughs> Look at you. You're just winning on all, all fronts of the personality. <laughs> um, I, 
did a study on on my own just to kind of just to prep for this conversation that we were going to have. And um, one of the things they said about ENFPs is that they they're very outgoing. They kind of like to interact with the world and explore things, which is like they're kind of button pushers sometimes where they're like, hmm, how will this person act if I pull this lever? <laughs> um, and they can be considered flirty. And, and I guess a, a lot of women fall under this category. More women than men fall, fall under this category. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So tell me about you. So I am an ISFJ. I'm the defender. Um, basically, I'm really, really introverted, <laughs> but I'm also super observant. I generally focus on feeling versus thinking. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm a I'm a judger. I'm a judger. <laughs> Do you know that to be true about yourself? <laughs> yeah. Well, more so it, what it means by that is like judging a situation versus taking the risk and just letting it happen. Sure. Um, and then um, that's more turbulent versus assertive. So um, the defender personality type is unique as their qualities defy the definition of their individual traits. So it says, though I'm sensitive, defenders have excellent analytical abilities, mm-hmm. though reserved, they have well-developed people skills and robust social relationships. And though they are generously a conservative type, defenders are also are often receptive to change and new ideas. <laughs> I, I think that that totally matches your alignment, what I know about you. Um, when I did a little bit of research on your Myers-Briggs letters, I learned that you guys are, you're like the mothering personality. You're kind of like really caring for everybody and you're really good at creating memories. I think that's one of one of the more important things to, to this personality type. And that just aligned with you, I think, so much. And while I was reading a little bit, I learned that the thing that most people wouldn't know about you is that you, you have like a lot of fun little quirks and usually that comes out on your creative side, which <laughs> I, I can see in when we do our nerdy things like D&D or some of some of your more artsy things that you do. Yeah, definitely. Um, the disc test is something that um, a few of our friends are pretty into. I'm not super into it the same way that they are, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a ton of information on it. Um, I do know that I fell smack dab in the middle of S and C. I'm 45% of both of those. Oh, dang. Um, so S is steady and C is conscientious say that 10 times fast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And basically, I think a lot and I make sure that everything around me is very stable. And that is absolutely true of me. I'm (laughs) kind of a perfectionist about certain things. (laughs) Yeah, that is that is fact. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense about you, I think. I think that you have these two two realms where on one hand you're you want everything to go a, a specific way, and on the other hand, you want everyone to be very happy. And I think that you kind of like try and balance those two worlds a lot. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And just like yours, uh, there's more women than men in that uh, category, the mm. ISFJ category. Interesting. Yeah. So now, for all of our awesome listeners, we are going to actually go over a couple of things. So we're going to go. We're going to touch on all 16 of the different personality types. We're going to give you a little blurb on what each of them is. If you want to go and take your own Myers-Briggs test, they're free online. Please take a look. Let us know how 
awesome it is that your personality test matches your personality. And then and how also, freaky weird it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it is really weird how spot on it is. But um, And then we're also going to go over some book characters. And also, so the very first um, personality type is the ESTJ. Those are the supervisors. These titles are a little bit off from their actual titles that you'll see on the Myers-Briggs test. But um, so the supervisor, they are known for organization. They're group-oriented, they're focused, conventional, and they're known as leaders. Um, they're transitionalists who like to take charge of situations, they're pragmatic, like things to be organized and clear, they're driven by a need to analyze and bring order to the world. ESTJs, they actually are approximately 9% of the general population, and of that 9%, 11% are men and 6% are women. Um, that's not necessarily 9% of or that's that 11 and 6 are not making up that 9%. What it is, it's 11% of the men in the general population and 6% of women in the in the general population fall under ESTJs. Uh. So, um, yeah, more men are ESTJs, the supervisors, the leaders. I got to tell you, this type of personality sounds like my least favorite type of personality. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that just based on what my personality is, that uh, those two technically would get along. What What do you think? Are these Are these your type of people? Does your personality get along with all personalities, or are there some that you struggle with? Definitely not. Um, this is the one that I generally tend to clash the most with. <laughs> the reason being um, is because sometimes their focus definitely does take over their their concern for other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. And my personality type is very emotional and likes mm -hmm. to pick up on other people's emotions. So um, they're definitely a little more difficult for me to fall in line with. But <laughs> hey, everybody's their own person. Sure. Well... On that note, For, <laughs> uh, the Dolores Umbridges of the world fall under this category. Yeah, absolutely. And then also the Vernon and <laughs> Vernon Dursley and Minerva McGonagall. Hey, that's not that bad. And Hermione Granger. Those are all, I mean, the last two were pretty cool. Okay. All right. I don't know if I buy into that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I can see where Hermione kind of falls in there. She's definitely focused and organized. That's, that's for sure. Sure. I wouldn't necessarily call her like a 100% leader. She does take charge a lot, but I don't know. I think it I think it fits. Another one that falls under the supervisor would be Cersei Lannister for all you Game <laughs> of Thrones fans. I think that's pretty pretty dang true to true to character there. She definitely does not have a whole lot of feeling behind the things that she does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very pragmatic. Yeah, and then also Peter from the Chronicles of Narnia. That one kind of surprises me. He's the, I believe he's the oldest brother, if I remember correctly. And I didn't really take him as the, well, I guess, I guess he's a leader. He's, that makes sense. Okay. Does it? He's a leader. You're our Narnia nerd. Dive into that a little bit. What he's, do you think? Honestly, from what I remember of it, he was definitely the, the leader of that group because he was sure. the oldest. So got to corral the brothers and sisters along and he, he kind of has to be the the one to take charge. So I guess that that would make sense on his personality type. Sure. I think there are ways to lead without being this particular kind of leader. Yes. ESFJ is the provider. Um, these, these particular people are organized, outgoing, affectionate, open, and easy to read. Oh, that sounds so refreshing compared to the last <laughs> one. Um, 
They're outgoing and community-minded people who value loyalty, dependability, and practicality, and they're driven by an active and intense caring about people along with a strong desire to bring harmony to their relationships. They make up about 12% of the general population, and 17% of women fall under this category, and 8% of men fall under this category. There's a lot of ladies that were really affectionate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I like this personality. They, they're my jam. I'll hang out with them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I could kind of go bo- back and forth with this. There's the positive side of each of these personalities, and then there's the negative side to each of these. So, sure. like, for this one, super outgoing and affectionate, there's the awesome person. Like, you, you picture the mom who just really loves everybody. You go over and you have these cool little hangouts with your friends, and the mom comes in. She wants to bring snacks for everybody. Mm-hmm. She's really cool, right? Sure. And then you've also got your really crazy people who are way overly affectionate and way overly outgoing and don't know how to just take the no. And they kind (laughs) of enter your bubble of safety. Yes, they enter the crazy (laughs) zone. Yes, I could see that happening easily with this one. All right, so maybe don't always know no boundaries. (laughs) Speaking of moms that are really cool, Molly Weasley (laughs) falls under this one. How cool. But somehow Petunia Dursley falls under that? Maybe she's the crappy part of that. Oh, man. And also Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. I don't agree with that at all. No, I don't either. Um, But we've got your Wendy Darlings from Peter Pan. I I agree with that. Um, And we've got Alfred of Batman. He also fits under this realm, as well as Bilbo Baggins from The Hobbit. That one makes sense. That one makes sense. We've also got Esme and Carlisle from Twilight. I don't know if there's any Twilight fans out there. I read all of the books before they were cool. That's my, <laughs> oh, my hipster showing. <laughs> um, and Esme and Carlisle, I do definitely believe were the affectionate, organized, definitely very welcoming people in those, in those books. And sparkly. And sparkly. Alrighty, the next one is ISFJ, the protector. That's me. Yeah, girl. We are polite, easily offended, timid, <laughs> dutiful, and private. That is all very accurate. Um, IFSJs are quiet, caring, dependable people who have a strong sense of personal responsibility. They're realistic and ex- excellent organizers. Correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not to toot your own horn. Not to toot my own horn, but I mean, um, ISFJs make up about 14% of the population, so that's a larger number. Um, 19% of women, so there are a lot of ladies that fall under this, and then 8% of men. Hmm. Yeah, I I agree with this. Checks out? Checks out. <laughs> One of the... Um, more notable characters that fall under this is Dr. Watson from Sherlock Holmes. I, I definitely think that that's, that's true. He is a very polite and easily offended man. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he hanging out with Sherlock? <laughs> Opposites attract, don't you know? <laughs> um, also, Arthur Dent of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is fun, played by the same gentleman. If you, <laughs> if you want to start connecting some of those nerddoms. <laughs> Um, Narcissa Malfoy from Harry Potter. What? I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. (laughs) She is very... 
She is loyal to her family, but I wouldn't necessarily say that she's timid or easily offended or polite. She does not come off as that kind of a person no, she does not. in the not books nor me. the movie. <laughs> false. I call false on that one. I agree. Um, Susie Salmon from The Lovely Bones. I read that book once and I don't remember the characters by name in it. I just know that I read it. <laughs> I know that I, and read I know it, that it, what and it's I was about. Sad afterwards. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I guess I was easily offended by it. <laughs> well, I mean, it was pretty sad all the way through that book. That was a sad, sad book. Yes, yes, it was. Um, and then we've got Samwise Gamgee. So I, I think he falls pretty well under that Absolutely. that role. He kind of is the protector of of um, Frodo and is watching out, but he's also very offended by a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> Prefers the more comfortable things and wants things a certain way. Yes. And then also Balin from The Hobbit. I I think I agree with that. Checks out. Yeah. <laughs> and then for you comic book nerds, Steve Rogers from Captain America apparently falls under the ISFJ pro- protector. I buy into that. Yes. I do. Yes. He's, he's kind of a goody goody. Absolutely. Alrighty. Okay, so our next one is ISTJ, the inspector. They're a responsible planner, they're private, they're perfectionists, and they're detail-oriented. So it sounds like you would get along with them pretty well, Brie. They would be my friend. (laughs) They'd be my cleaning buddy. That sounds so terrible to me. (laughs) Um, They're logical pragmatists with a strong sense of personal responsibility. They take their work seriously, they pay great attention to detail, and they compromise. Oh, comprise. Okay. Compromise. They compromise. <laughs> it actually sounds like they don't compromise. Um, they're made up of uh, about 12% of the general population, 16% of which are men and 7 of women. That is a lot of guys that fall under that one. I feel like that would be a good boss. Yeah. Personally, yeah, very detail-oriented. They know what's happening next. They have answers for you when you've got questions. Mm-hmm. That sounds like my kind of my kind of boss. Yeah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I am a very my my personality is a very independent, like once hand hands off boss. So I would want somebody who's like thinks big picture. If I had a boss that was detail oriented, it would be very frustrating to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that could. You're right there. It could definitely. Depending on how hovery they are, that could absolutely get get a little irritating. Yeah, th- <laughs> this one is called the inspector. They sound pretty hovery. <laughs> so some people that are ISTJs in books are Susan Pavensi in the Chronicles of Narnia. I don't honestly remember who that is. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't remember. At least we're being real with you, though. We're being real. All right. What about Alexi Karenin of Anna Karenina? I think that makes a lot of sense. He's kind of a life ruiner with how <laughs> how in everybody's business he is. Um, Janine Matthews and Tobias Easton from Divergent. I think I agree with that. Definitely Tobias. Definitely a perfectionist and detail-oriented. <laughs> okay. Um, back to Twilight, Edward Cullen and Charlie Swan are in uh, the Twilight Inspector ISTJ category. Um I don't know that I agree with that for Edward, I, but then again, they don't do a super awesome job of explaining his personality. He's just a quiet guy. <laughs> I don't I don't know enough of that world to comment, but I will believe you <laughs> and agree that they don't they don't share enough about him. Yeah, yeah. No. And then um, uh, sorry, oh, go I'm ahead. just really pumped on this one because it's Katniss Everdeen 
um, falls under this category, which is interesting considering she's female and not a lot of females fall under this role. And I felt that her portrayal wasn't particularly feminine. Agreed. I feel like in trying to help raise her sister, she kind of lost her ideas of femininity and wanting to keep that. And I think that really made her character. So I think that, yeah, the responsible planner, um, private and detail-oriented would absolutely describe her. I think that's a good one. <laughs> um, Jon Snow and Eddard Stark from Game of Thrones. That's a good one. I don't know that I agree with it. I don't know that I agree with it either. Jon Snow is not necessarily the best planner. He just kind of does things and hopes to God that they're going <laughs> to survive. <laughs> yeah, um, spoil alert here, but in that scene where the, they go to battle with Ramsay, mm-hmm. and he just... I almost cursed really badly just here. Sorry, oh. sorry, listeners. I almost gave you an earful. But he just runs out into the battlefield. They make this incredible plan, and he just yells to the heavens, and he's like, Leroy Jenkins, and just ruins everybody's plans. So, no. I wouldn't I don't say think he's he a planner. <laughs> Definitely not a perfectionist, detail-oriented. He's just the pits. Maybe responsible, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, also, ooh, that's a good one. Inspector Javert from Les Mis. He yeah. is a perfectionist. I, I absolutely agree with that. I think that's a good one. Alrighty, so the next one is ISTP, the crafter. They are private, loner tendencies, disorganized, avoidant, and unemotional. I would not wow. get along with that guy. I feel like this is kind of brutal. That one, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But hey, mine wasn't all necessarily good either. I mean, I'm talking about being timid and... Yeah, but this whole thing, they were kind of mean. I, I feel like I know these people and can find the light in them. There's people in my life who others have described them as only these qualities. And I'm like, yeah, but they're, they're so like goofy if you can get them out of their shell. Like, I, I kind of like the ones you have to crack open. Thinking about the positive ones, that's most nerds. Most of them are private. Most of them are loners. They're disorganized. They avoid people. And they're not, they don't really show all of their emotions all the time. A lot okay. of them are a little more recluse and that's okay. So we, maybe I weirdly connect with them. I used to live with a guy like that and he was the coolest guy to live with because he would just go into his room. Every now and then he'd pop out, grab some food, go right back into his room. He'd say hi as he was passing by goodbye as he was leaving <laughs> it was oh, cool those are the best kind of roommates yeah it was cool i never <laughs> never had to worry about him being the one making the mess <laughs> all right fair enough um but istps are driven by a desire to understand how things work they are logical and realistic people who enjoy solving problems in a hands-on way istps make up about five percent of the general population so there's not a lot of these people Mm. Um, 9% of the male population and only 2% of the female population make up these, these, uh, recluses. <laughs> that's, that's cool though. I, I feel like that whole entire description is exactly what a lot of what you think essentially when you think of a nerd is somebody <laughs> that just kind of wants to hang out at home, do their own thing and solve puzzles and play D&D like we do way Although often. That is, that is a, a thing you do with a group of people. It's hard Actually, to be avoidant. there's online D&D. Okay, fine. Bubble bursted. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not even playing with, I mean, you're playing with real people, but you don't have to actually like socialize with them and talk face to face. You could just 
type out your feelings. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So some characters are um okay, so there's Triss from Divergent. Um I agree with that. Triss is definitely a, a more quiet off to the side. Mm-hmm. Um Pita Pettigrew from HP. Yeah, I think he falls under this in the not so great ways. Um but I think James and Sirius were able to kind of get him out of his shell in the way that I was talking about. Yeah, absolutely. For a short time until he did terrible, terrible things. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one, Catwoman from Batman. I agree with that, but she's kind of forced to live a private loner life. So. And she's a cat. And she's a cat. So naturally, they're going to not want to be they talking just, to people. They just avoid people. All right. Um, last one would be Jacob Black on this one that's of any interest to anybody from Twilight. He, private, loner tendencies, disorganized, avoidant, unemotional. Uh, he's pretty emotional. <laughs> he's a pretty emotional guy, but everything else I think definitely fits him. Hmm, interesting. He's the werewolf, right? Yeah. So they run in a pack. They do. That's pretty not lonery. Yeah, but it's kind of weird because at first he's not really part of those that pack it's after he becomes a werewolf okay here we're getting into weird twilight stuff okay sorry guys <laughs> he uh <laughs> becomes a he becomes a werewolf and that's when he kind of like starts hanging out with these people but even then 90 percent of the time when bella goes looking for him he's at his house in his bedroom by himself so shirtless shirtless <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> moving on how you know we're ladies <laughs> isfp the composer they are disorganized, modest, suggestible, indecisive, and guarded. Oh, we're getting aggressive on these last <laughs> ones here. <laughs> All right. So. Modest, that's a good one. Okay. Well, depends who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are the quintessential free spirit. They feel deeply and have and often have an adventurous approach to life. They're quiet, adaptable, and compassionate. They make up about nine percent of the general population and 10% of women and 8% of men. So there's more ladies that are the free spirits. That feels right. That feels right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is Edmund Pevensi from the Chronicles of Narnia. Edmund, I agree. He absolutely was the free spirit of that book. He, I believe he's either the second, yeah, he's the second youngest of the siblings, of the four siblings that go in there. And he is definitely the more free spirit. He goes and, like, talks to the queen lady and totally screws things up in the first book. He was not very cool in that one. <laughs> Just saying. Speaking of things and or people that screw things up, uh, Dobby, the house elf, was is also falls under this category. He kind of messed some things up for Harry there for a little bit. And so is Harry Potter. Harry Potter is the free spirit. I huh. don't know. Well, adventurous approach to life. That kind of makes sense. Quiet, adaptable, compassionate. Yeah. I, All right. I could see that. Fine. Um, you can have Princess it. Princess Buttercup from The Princess Bride. I I agree. Absolutely. She kind of went weird when her lover man disappeared. But uh, she's a free spirit. Yeah. I'll buy into that. That's fine. We'll buy it. Um, Liesel from The Book Thief, a 100% free spirit, just kind of lives by her own rules, swipes books left and right. Legolas from The Lord of the Rings, that's a, 
He's a free spirit. That's just the long hair talking. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Just because you have braids and long blonde hair doesn't mean you're a free spirit. Sure, it does. It helps, though. You mean if I braid my hair, I'm not going to be a free spirit? (laughs) Oh, man. Do you know anybody in this category? Um... In the free spirit category, I do. I know a lot of women <laughs> in this category. Um, one of them is actually a family friend on my hubby's side of the family. She is 100% a free spirit and ha- feels very passionately about the things that she does and doesn't agree with. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, she is absolutely the the composer. So the next one is ESFP, the performer. They are outgoing, conventional, talkative, spontaneous, and emotional. I think I like this one. All right. Well, ESFPs are enthusiastic about having new experiences and meeting new people. That's a good thing. (laughs) They are warm and adaptable realists who prefer to go with the flow ESPs comprise approximately 9% of the general population, another 10% of women, and 7% of men. I don't know that I know this person. Do you know anybody that you think falls under? I think I I surround myself with these folks. They're not that far different from um, my own personality alignment (laughs) with the just kind of just being outgoing and community-minded, I think. Makes sense. Yeah. That's a lie. I know one person. I was in the military with her, and she was the most outgoing, talkative, emotional, spontaneous person in the entire world. <laughs> Shout out to my most amazing friend, Schreitmuller. I love you and miss you so much. <laughs> she was just, she marched to the beat of her own drum, and that was amazing. Awesome. She was her own kind of amazing. <laughs> So some ESFP characters are going to be Dudley Dursley, Ron Weasley, and Sirius Black from Harry Potter. I don't think I agree with any of those except for maybe Ron. Okay. I... Sirius Black is not talkative. Uh, I think he just saw some stuff. That's true. Like, I think maybe back in the day. Jail did some things to him. Jail did some things. (laughs) It was a problem. Ron, absolutely. Dudley. Dudley's just kind of a little turd. (laughs) He's just a little turd man. I guess he could be outgoing and talkative and emotional. Okay. I'll I'll give him it. I'll believe it. We've also got Daisy Buchanan from The Great Gatsby. I absolutely agree with that one. That's a fun one. That is a really good one. (laughs) I 100% agree with that. And that kind of makes me love that character even more. (laughs) Yeah, and that kind of expressed itself in some negative ways towards the end as well. Yeah, absolutely. Caring more about her appearance than than the people that she loves. Mm-hmm. Rue from The Hunger Games, she was briefly in it. She kind of was in there for a second. Um, Raise three fingers in solidarity. Yeah, exactly. Whistle your, whistle your Hunger Games tune. <laughs> um, yeah, I think she was an outgoing person. <laughs> Um, and then Jamie Lannister of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see it. I see it. He's, I absolutely see it. He is a smug, talkative, emotional person. Yeah. Talks his way into and out of a lot of things. <laughs> and then for the Lord of the Rings fans, Peregrine took. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy it. We're going to buy it. 
<laughs> that tracks. <laughs> All right. So ESTP, the promoter. Um, they're self-confident, outgoing, open, and decisive. They're enthusiastic adventurers and realists who accept the world as it is and focus on enjoying new activities and challenges. Um, they make up about 4% of the population, 6% men, and 3% of women. These sound like the daredevils of life. Yeah, they sound fun. They do. <laughs> life is just life, man. Let's go surf on a giant wave with sharks under us and whales. Sick, bro. King loose. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So for any Wuthering Heights fans, apparently Heathcliff and Catherine fall under this category. That's pretty cool. Um, James Potter, Jenny Weasley, and Draco all fall under this. I really agree with James and Jenny. I don't know about Draco, though, because he is definitely not self-confident and he's not content with his life. Yeah, but Those... that's towards the end. I don't I don't know. I feel like we judge the Slytherins pretty harsh. Well, okay. I just assume that they're terrible and fall under something else entirely. You're right. Yeah. In the beginning, I absolutely think that he was a very self-confident, outgoing person. But towards the end, I mean, he really, really doubted who he was and who he was becoming and was not entirely sure. I guess you could go into self-confidence or sure about themselves when mm -hmm. he kind of started realizing hey this isn't me i'm not i'm not gonna do that mm -hmm. but i don't i don't know i'm not not entirely sold <laughs> we, we could just have like the myers-briggs categories and then just everyone else is slytherin <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh the next three i really love yeah so inigo montoya from the princess bride you killed my father prepare to die <laughs> yes he is a self-confident man Yes, he Spanish is. man. And then Call Drogo. Uh, oh, Shout out swoon. to Call. <laughs> Just a collective swoon here. <sighs> yeah, he is he's an amazing bunch of muscle man. I agree that he is a self-confident person. <laughs> Works for me. Yes. And then Lestat from Interview of the Vampire. That is 150 billion percent correct. He is absolutely the promoter. Now, is is Lestat Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise? Lestat is the <laughs> Tom Cruise. He's okay, the um, blonde hair, very flamboyant, very sure of himself. He knows he's a vampire. He knows he's hot, and he's just the greatest person in the entire world. Well, greatest vampire. <laughs> um, yeah, he is. He is all of that and more. <laughs> All right, and then for the Lord of the Rings fans, Gimli. Gimli is the promoter. I agree. So now we've got the ENTPs. I'm pretty sure this is the one that my husband said that he is. I'm actually 99% sure. Let me let me double check myself here. Yes, I am 99.9% .9 positive this is my husband. All right. <laughs> so he is easygoing, open, disorganized, adventurous, and insensitive. Uh... <laughs> I disagree with the last one. Um, ENTPs love new ideas and possibilities and are excited by innovation. They are energetic, enthusiastic, and spontaneous people with a deep need to understand the world around them. ENTPs comprise approximately 3% of the general population, only 4% of the male population, and 2% of the female population. Ooh. I've got a rare, rare one. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, no, he is absolutely the inventor. He loves new things and 
learning new things, doing new things. He is, yes. And he's a storyteller. He's a storyteller. Shout out to our DM on Dicey Tales. Alrighty, so a few characters are Helena from A Midsummer Night's Dream. And Tyler Durden of Fight Club, which we're not talking about, by the way. First rule about Fight Club, we don't talk about Fight Club. (laughs) Um, Benedict from Much Ado About Nothing. Wow, we've got a lot of uh, Shakespearean characters here. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of HP people. We've got Dumbledore, Fred, and George Weasley. Oh, I guess that was only three. But hey, those are good good peeps. (laughs) And Tyrion Lannister, that's fun. That's that's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's a real good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I could I could see Devin and Tyrion like sharing it. Being pint. buds. Yeah. They drink and they know things. They drink and they know things. <laughs> All right. We've also got our INTPs, the architect. We've got uh, they're a loner, they're disorganized, observer, private, and detached. INTPs have a deep need to make sense of the world and are generally logical, analytical, and emotionally detached. They enjoy new ideas and are adaptable in their lifestyle, if not always their thinking. Um, And they are approximately 3% of the general population, 5% men, and 2% of women. So they're your scientists. They're your atypical what you think of when you think of a scientist. They like to analyze things, not necessarily into social interaction, but they like the stars. So for you Lemony Snicket fans, Violet Baudelaire from A Series of Unfortunate Events falls under this category. Also, Nick Carraway from The Great Gatsby falls under the INTP Architects. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And Smaug from The Hobbit. Smaug and Samwell from Game of Thrones. Huh. I think that that kind of makes sense, but I feel like Samwell's a little bit more emotional and... He's very emotional. Yeah. He likes to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then Arthur Weasley from HP. I don't buy into that either. I don't think so. <laughs> this one didn't do a very good job. Nope. <laughs> Alrighty. Next one is INTJ, the mastermind. They are loners, observers, perfectionists, private, and skeptical. INTJs are idea people driven by their inner world of possibilities and deep need to understand the world around them. They are logical, systematic thinkers who enjoy turning their visions into reality. INTJs make about 2% of the population. They are 3% of the male population and 1% of the female population. I could have been wrong about the last one and INTJ might have been my husband. (laughs) All I know is he is a very driven and very worldly person, likes to make his own worlds. Oh, Hannibal Lecter. Oh, that's not a great one. I think that this is him because I'm pretty sure we talked about Hannibal Lecter being (laughs) in the character description. Um, Some good ones are Gandalf, Saruman and Elrond from The Lord of the Rings. Um, We've got Professor Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes. He will love that. He will (laughs) love that. Moriarty. And Severus Snape. Um, Amy Dunn from Gone Girl. Oh no! Ender Wigan from Ender's Game. That's a cool one. Huh. Skeptical. I can I can see that one. Jay Gatsby. That's another really good one. Yeah, I guess he does have a, a plot, a plan. He does absolutely. Very private. Definitely observes people versus actually talking about who he is. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we've got the E N T J, the Field Marshal. They're decisive planners. They're engaged, ambitious, and dominant. 
Uh, oh, they're forceful personalities who excel at conceptual strategy and executing plans. They are future-oriented and natural leaders. They make up about 2% of the population, 3% of men, and 1% women. The leaders. We've got Gail Hawthorne, Joanna Mason, and President Snow from The Hunger Games. That's not good ones. Hatimoto <laughs> <laughs> um, from Memoirs of a Geisha. And Viserys Targaryen and Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones. Those are not great people. Oh, <laughs> and we've got Voldemort. Oh, no. Voldemort. And, and Miss Irene Adler from Sherlock Holmes. Man, that was just a doozy of a personality. You guys are villains, turns out. I'm a villain, but people. Pretty, That's pretty okay. smart villains. Forceful personalities, but hey, it happens. <laughs> You're still loved. Yes. Next one is the ENFJ, the teachers. ENFJs are social, emotional, altruistic, involved, and open. ENFJs care intensely about people and are driven by a need for relational harmony. They tend to be warmly expressive and empathetic towards people who enjoy helping others reach their potential. ENFJs make up 3% of the general population, 3% of women, and 2% of men. We march from little women. That, that, that's a good one. Miss Anna Karenna from Anna Karenna. <laughs> <laughs> Boromir from uh, Lord of the Rings. And PETA of Hunger Games. PETA. Yeah, I could. PETA is very much altruistic and kind of falls under this category. Yes. To a fault. Yes. All right, we've got the counselor. That's INFJ. They're creative, observant, avoidant, cautious, and private. They have an inner world filled with ideas, symbols, and possibilities and are passionate idealistic and have a deep concern for others. Um, they make up about 2% of the general population, 2% of women, and 1% of men. In that one, we've got Theodore Lawrence from Little Women. Atticus Finch. That's a good one. Andy Sachs from The Devil Wars Prada. <laughs> Lord Varys from The Game of Thrones. And Remus Lupin of Harry Potter. Ooh, and Prince Caspian from The Chronicles of Narnia. That's pretty cool. That's your jam. That's a cool one. Okay, the next one is INFPs, the healer, creative, idealist, loner, disorganized, and avoidant. INFPs are the dreamers of the world. They're deeply idealistic and passionate about their beliefs, ideas, and relationships. INFPs make up about 4% of the general population, 5% of women, and 4% of men. Some good ones are Anne of Green Gables from Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> <laughs> Coraline Jones of Coraline Nice. We've got Bill Weasley from Harry Potter. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> We've got Jasper Hale and Bella Swan from Twilight. They're, I agree. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily say that they're super passionate because Bella was a whole lot of blank slate. <laughs> <laughs> and Scout Finch. I don't know that I buy into that. Scout was kind of, she's more of an adventurer than a healer, I think. Agreed. Frodo from The Lord of the Rings is supposedly a healer. I, th I think I agree with that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dreamer. I mean. Okay. Okay, fine. The last one that I want to talk about on the INFP is uh, Juliet Capulet and Romeo Montague. So both Romeo and Juliet were the healers. They were creative idealists and disorganized and loners. I, I don't necessarily agree with that at all. I don't know how they got that because Romeo is with a group of people the whole entire time until he meets Juliet and then kills himself for her. 
I don't know that I agree. I mean, they are disorganized and avoidant. They're like, oh, we can't be together. I guess we should end it all. I don't know why they call that the greatest love story ever told. It just ends It is terribly. so bad. It You're 14. So bad. Could you give it a second? <laughs> like, your next boyfriend will probably be even cuter than Romeo. Like, wait a minute. Found out she was dead. Couldn't even wait 24 hours for her to wake <laughs> right back up. I think that's just a story of timing. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And next and last is yours truly, the ENFP, the champion they're outgoing, disorganized, spontaneous, irresponsible, but they're energetic. So, y- you know, <laughs> they see what is possible and they're enthusiastic and spontaneous. They thrive on new people, new things, new ideas, and they make up about 8% of the general population, 10% of women, and 6% men. Um, they're your Nymphadora Tonks of the world. They're your Willy Wonkas. All right. Okay. A little crazy. That's a good one. I get to wear, you know. Purple velvet jackets, so that's fine. They're also Beatrice from Much Much Ado About Nothing. Okay. All right. Those are good. You've got some good ones in your personality type. <laughs> all right. And that was all 16. I know that was a that was a long one. But hey, once you read or hear about yours, you're like, oh, hey, that's me. Cool. Cool things. Um, I also have some books for each one. If anybody is interested, please just leave a comment and I'd be happy to tell you what your personality type book is that falls within your realm of what you would like to read. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to talk to you after this. All right. And find out. Maybe I'll leave a comment in the comment section and you can tell me what I am. Alrighty, and so now we want to go into the um, Harry Potter houses and where everybody falls in those Harry Potter houses. Okay, so Harry Potter houses, we're going to start with Gryffindor. Gryffindor has the INFJs. Um, Reason behind them was that they're very independent and intuitive. Much like Gryffindor, they've got a strong sense of chivalry and purpose. Also, the ENFJs. So ENFJs are strong-willed and loyal. They follow what they believe in and don't back down. They believe in doing what is right for the good of others, and they're very caring. So what house was that? Um, This is Gryffindor. All of these are in Gryffindor. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Also under Gryffindor is ESFJs. They are very warm and conscious of how they affect others. They are very focused on others and are committed to what they set out to do. ESFP is the last one in Gryffindor. ESFPs are sociable and adventurous. Much like Gryffindor, they have a sense of bravery and willingness to push past fear. Basically, you're brave and you're loyal. Hmm, sounds sounds about right. Sounds familiar. Correct. All right, guys, we're going to talk about Slytherin. Now, I have a secret confession that I have to make here. I Don't wouldn't feel right it. not sharing it. Don't do it. I have to. I have to. So I am historically just, I'm a, I'm a Ravenclaw. I just always have been a Ravenclaw. It's just always been. She's a Ravenclaw. <laughs> and until recently, I always knew myself to be a Ravenclaw, but I've had an existential crisis in that I took the test again and got Slytherin. Dun, dun, dun. And I may or may not have frantically signed up for another account on Pottermore so that I could retake the test and get Ravenclaw all over again. But <laughs> my Slytherin has been showing occasionally, and it's really, it's really bothersome and stressing me out. So if you know any, if any listeners could give me some consoling, that would be wonderful. Thank Ravenclaw. you, Ravenclaw. She's absolutely a Ravenclaw. <laughs> you Slytherin fans out there, don't, don't, don't sway her. <laughs> 
All right, so those that fall under Slytherin are ENTJ. They're very strong-willed, and they're natural leaders. They're assertive, strategic, and they're clearly Slytherin. Um, they value power and have a natural ability to take control in most situations. They have a strong drive to accomplish their goals and are very ambitious. Also under this is ENTP. ENTPs are also very capable leaders. They're gregarious and ambitious, and they value their ability to be very cunning. Yeah, that sounds about right. They're yep. smart, quick-paced, and they are never staying stagnant for too long. They have a strong sense of leadership, and they're super headstrong. Also under this are our ESTPs. They're sometimes very sly and fast-paced. They're extremely adaptable and thick-skinned, and they're just a perfect fit for Slytherin in their sense of resourcefulness and cunning. We've also got our ESTJs. They're ambitious, they make good leaders, and are extremely efficient and know how to get the job done. They believe in being resourceful and do not appreciate incompetence, making them also another good match. They're grumpy towards people who don't know what they're doing. Oh, I relate to that. <laughs> oh, no. Stop it now. Alrighty, next house is best house, Ravenclaw. In Ravenclaw, we've got the INTPs. They're very witty and intelligent. They value knowledge and all things that represent the Ravenclaw house. Although they are adaptable and capable of fitting into different situations, Ravenclaw is the perfect house for them. Lucky you. <laughs> Welcome to the house of greatness. Um, also, INTJs. They favor knowledge and intelligence, same as Ravenclaws. They're very strategic and analytical, and they're very objective when it comes to the sake of learning. Good qualities to have. Yeah, not bad, not bad. ISTP are very witty and intelligent. They've got an inward sense of how things work and crave understanding. They would be perfect for Ravenclaw and would fit into the intellectual desire for knowledge. And then the last one in Ravenclaw is the ENFPs. ENFPs have a very quick wit and are very intelligent. They are often very creative and unique. They think outside of the box and have a unique offbeat sense of humor. And that's me. So I guess I'm a, I'm a Slitherclaw. You're a Ravenclaw. <laughs> There's no slither in that claw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we've got our Hufflepuffs. Um, this includes INFPs who are loyal and believe very strongly in justice. They fit into everything that the Hufflepuff has stands for. They're caring. They do what is right for the sake of others. And they believe in hard work. Um, the ISFPs are very loyal and patient. They are harmony seekers and very gentle, much like the Hufflepuff. ISTJs, they believe in hard work, extremely loyal, and they like to do what is fair. We've also got, last but not least, ISFJs. They're conscientious, kind, they're very hardworking and loyal to those around them, and they believe in harmony, keeping the peace, rather than rocking the boat. Um, what you guys missed there is she totally gave me the look, the, this is you, and you're in Hufflepuff. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> wants to be in Hufflepuff after they've been sorted into another house. Now, that's not to say that Hufflepuff is bad, but I am through and through a Ravenclaw. <laughs> Just like her existential crisis, I also took the sorting test again and got sorted into Gryffindor, which was 900 billion percent incorrect. <laughs> so I retook it and got right put right back into Ravenclaw. So me falling under Hufflepuff under the personality thing is just funny. We're confused here. I'm a raven puff. <laughs> You're a raven puff. I'm a griffa raven puff. <laughs> We're just basically having just all sorts of issues over here at Dame's Not Danzel's. We're, we're struggle bussing. Ravenclaw's best house, always. What, what's your takeaway here? What do you think about all these? 
I actually think that the people who put all of this stuff together, I mean, I definitely went through a few different websites and kind of pulled what people had said about a few different things um, to kind of create this collective of information that we've just blessed you all with. <laughs> You're welcome. I think it's pretty accurate. A lot of it is fairly accurate as mm -hmm. far as like personalities fitting with book characters. And I think it's really cool to know like what book characters share your thoughts and how you would handle a situation. Mm -hmm. Know thyself. Know thyself. Um, I think what is so interesting about these is you can kind of you know, spot yourself in some of the characteristics and maybe sometimes not so much, but there are characteristics that you like when you read about these personalities and there's some that you don't. And whether they're true or not, you kind of have the ability to act on your, you know, original gut feelings and, and be a certain way, or you can choose to change them. And I think that that is just kind of a, a, a neat thing to have that ability to know you and move forward with that knowledge. Agreed. This was fun. This was fun. I really hope you all really liked it. And if you've made it this far into the episode without looking up your own Myers-Briggs test, I commend you, but please go do it and re-listen and figure out all your cool stuff. It's interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Yes. What do you think? Do we have any action items this time or is it just to know thyself? Know thyself is our action item. Go take <laughs> the Myers-Briggs test, learn yourself, look up the cool stuff that's under your personality and the cool people you share that personality type with and let us know. It's cool. It's yeah. fun. We want to hear from you. We want to know who you are. <laughs> um, we also wanted to add in a disclaimer for a few of our past episodes and then all, honestly probably all of our future episodes as well. Um, this podcast is really just kind of our opinion on things. Um, this isn't necessarily... 100% how everybody should believe. We don't expect everybody to completely agree with everything that we're saying, but we did want to kind of touch on the fact that this is definitely opinions. This is not fact. Please do not take <laughs> what we're saying as 100% fact. We are... We're just two dope ladies sharing our opinions on life, the universe, and everything. We're just taking our thoughts from our brains and putting them in your ears. Putting them in your ears. If anybody has had any thoughts on our podcast we would like to hear from you we definitely want to know if there's anywhere we can improve and if you love us please tell us because we like to know that we're loved <laughs> our personalities say so our personalities say so all right thank you so much for listening and we look forward to you hearing from you um a little bonus section here i want to go into the books that each personality type was um, just the book that kind of fits your personality, what they recommend for your personality type. So starting with ISTJs, Les Mis is the book slash play that they feel is best fit to you. Um, if you found you're an ESTJ, you are a Fellowship of the Ring type of character. Fellowship. If you are an ISFJ like myself, The Hound of Baskerville. Very awesome. That's a good book. Yeah. I can relate. It. Yeah. <laughs> ESFJ Middlesex. Oh, that is interesting. Super interesting. If you are an INTJ, Pride and Prejudice is your book. If you are an ENTJ, Brave New World. If you are an INTP, To the Lighthouse is your book. If you are an ENTP, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> if you're an ISTP, The Big... Sh oh my gosh, I almost said The Big Sheep. The Big Sleep is your book. 
Uh, if you are an ESTP, American Psycho. <laughs> Red flag. They there. can't get the break. <laughs> if you're an ISFP, Harry Potter is your book. I feel like that's everybody's book, but hey, if we want to put a name to it. Yeah, fine. You guys have to share, though. <laughs> uh, if you're an ESFP, Sons and Lovers. If you are an INFJ, Little Women is your book. If you are an ENFJ, A Tale of Two Cities. If you are an INFP, Anne of Green Gables is yours. If you are an ENFP, you are a Count of Monte Cristo. And that is all of the books that fall under each personality type. We wanted to add that in there for all of you that are curious about your personality type book. Um... Definitely let us know what you guys think of all of this and whether or not we just rambled on about personalities. I I mean, we think it's pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty awesome. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.